0: One example that we're doing right now is we're working with a retail store. And we are creating a virtual reality experience for them for a leader to walk around the floor, observe their employees in action, and be able to give them real-time feedback. And it helps the leaders without having to actually go do that they can practice so that when they do go out on the floor and do interact with their employees, maybe they're a new leader.
1: Welcome to the HR l podcast with your host Nick Day, CEO and founder of JGA Recruitment, specialist HR recruiters. Tuning into the HR L&D podcast will help you to discover strategic growth concepts, leadership development strategies, and the values and behaviors that drive organizational change and success. Together, let's empower our workforces, diversify our thinking and achieve significant HR success. Hello and welcome back to the HR
2: L&D podcast. My name is Nick Day, CEO at JGA Recruitment Group, Specialist Global HR Recruiters. Now, of course... Whether you're listening to this for the first time or the hundredth time, let me take this opportunity to say a huge thank you for joining me on the show. Please do remember to share it with your HR or LD colleagues. Please, if you have a spare moment in your diary, take the opportunity to review the show. It really helps build our listeners and get the message out there to help raise the profile for HR and LD. and globally so thank you for everybody has taken their time to listen and tune into the previous episodes and for tuning in today because today we're exploring a really interesting subject area we're going to be talking about technology enhanced blended learning vr solutions and more and today i'm joined by an absolute expert in this field Rose Robertson, who is Director of Learning Solutions at Roundtable Learning. Now, Roundtable, for those not familiar, and there will be a link in the show notes, are a company which deliver immersive learning solutions that really do drive measurable business results through technology-enhanced blended learning solutions that range from virtual reality, augmented reality, e-learning, virtual instructor-led training, video learning, and more. And some of those things, if you're wondering... What on earth is augmented reality? What is virtual reality? Don't worry, because we will be examining those subjects in more detail today. Now, for those who want to know more about Rose, well, at the minute, she leads the content development team of instructional designers, graphic designers, and project managers uh, at uh, Roundtable Learning. She has over 15 years experience in the field of learning and development, and she supported a number of Fortune 500 companies to develop training programs that really do address business challenges through comprehensive training programs and there are some wonderful articles that she's been involved in which again I'll put in the show notes all about tackling complex issues that a relevant today, like diversity training re-onboarding employees after COVID-19 measuring diversity and inclusion and more so please do check out the show notes but without further ado I think I'd love to welcome Rose Robertson to the show welcome to HLND podcast Rose how are you?
0: Hi Nick thanks thanks for having me
2: absolute pleasure i'm going to begin with my first question which i ask all of my guests which are what do the words human resources mean to you
0: that's such a great question i think to me human resources is everything people related so when we think about all the different departments in human resources everything revolves around people and the employees and making sure the wellness the success of people that's really what it means to me
2: Fabulous. Fantastic. It's a great overview. So before we jump into then some of the more technical aspects of things like virtual reality training, things like that, what if you could just give your overview of who Roundtable Learning are, uh, what they do, and how you kind of came to be in your role as you are at the moment? Sure. So Roundtable
0: Learning is a custom learning company. And we've been in business for well over 20 years. And just like every other... um, organization and every other field, we have really evolved over the last years. And what we have found recently over the last couple of years is that we have really found our niche and it's where we can bring technology and learning together. And so I think what I always like to say about us is that we're a learning company first. And so you can count on us to do any kind of learning training that needs to be done from the traditional e-learning, ILT, VILT, any of those things, all the way to the new immersive training modalities that we now are able to uh, weave in as well. So we do a lot of different things. We have specialists and people who are really experts in all of the different areas, and we bring it all together for our clients.
2: Amazing. And I have to say, on this podcast, those that listen regularly, you'll know that we talk a lot about the future of learning, the future of workplace engagement, and all of the particularly after the pandemic, some of the trends that have hit the market. But I would say the Roundtable Learning really do encapsulate the future of learning. They really do take it to the next level. And I please do implore everybody listening to this to go and take a look at the URL for roundtablelearning.com. There's a video on there which talks all about everything you need to know about the future of learning and what solution might be right for you. But it's a really Really great website for helping people really get up to speed with some of the innovative technologies that people are using now to support learning and development journeys. I wonder if you could just tell us, I guess, a little bit, Rose, about why the business is so focused on these innovative technologies, on the technologies that perhaps not every HR professional is yet fully uh, familiar with.
0: Really, it's what our clients are looking for. I think that, especially in the last couple of years as the pandemic. Changed really our world, everyone's world, not only training, of course, but in our particular industry, our clients have been looking for different ways to train their employees that they really couldn't do during the pandemic and have continued to try to really push the envelope and try to find new ways to enhance the way that they were training their employees. So, an example is when everything really stopped all instructor-led training had to stop. And for all of that material, all of those sessions that people were attending, it had, to, it had to be different. And so what our clients were coming to us to say is, what could we do? How can we continue to drive results? How can we continue to train our employees, but do it in a different way? And really, virtual reality has been something that Really just fits the bill. The time for it is now. And we continue to see it in all different topics, different skills. It really has a use case for almost anything these days.
2: Amazing. Well, that's a really, really good overview. I, I think for those perhaps still relatively new to the idea of utilizing virtual reality in a learning and development context, I recorded a, a really excellent podcast previously with Dr. Robin Rosenberg, who is a, a clinical psychologist who's been using virtual reality or VR for good by helping sort of foster employees with a deeper understanding of how other people may feel slighted or marginalized by using kind of immersive technologies to to, to sell that story and to take people on that kind of journey. So that was kind of quite focused, particularly on the areas of diversity and inclusion. But what other areas have you seen virtual reality work very, very well in, in the learning and development space?
0: I would say in the manufacturing world. Like a great example is in a warehouse, you typically in the past, historically, have always had people job shadow, or they would actually just have to jump in to do the job. So if you think about jobs where the employees need to, say, stack pallets, they would have to just do that, or they would have to watch, or they would have to have someone tell them, you know, you do it in this order and in this way so that things don't fall over, and You don't get hurt, those kinds of things. Now, with virtual reality, they are able to put a headset on and they are able to practice it in what is almost like real life. But the beauty of it is that it's safe. So the employee has less of a chance to be injured while they're learning how to bend properly, turn properly, pick things up properly. And they're also able to do it over and over again until they're comfortable with it, which not only is wonderful for the employee, but it's also great for the organization because they don't have to lose productivity time. It helps the employee get up to speed quicker, so they're quicker to be proficient. And the organization isn't losing time with people who really don't
2: know the job. I think that's a fantastic example. I'm not not an example I've necessarily considered, but I can see the health and safety angle in particular, mm-hmm. you know, demonstrating that in a very safe and, as you say, an immersive way. For me, it, it makes so much sense to be utilizing this kind of technology, and yet, in the world that I work in, in recruitment, I deal with a lot of different businesses, a lot of HR and LD professionals. I don't think necessarily, certainly in my experience, that that things like augmented learning and, and virtual reality learning is actually being utilised as much as perhaps it could be. So I'd like to ask: a, I guess, why you think that might be, and b, is that because perhaps it's quite difficult to integrate, or is it actually much simpler than we've ever imagined? We're just we're just getting sort of used to it. Yeah, I think we're just getting used to it.
0: I think it's things that we didn't think about with those softer skills, those leadership skills. We actually, with recruiting, we have talked to different clients and have been thinking about ways that we could use it in recruiting where, say, the the recruiter may send something to a potential candidate and they can actually answer questions through the headset they can do role-playing. So here's even a better example. If you think about instructor-led training, and we all have been through it, if you think about everyone who has ever been in a leadership position or something of that nature, we've all been in instructor-led training where we learn about what coaching is, and we learn about how to give feedback, and then what comes next. It's always role-playing, well, virtual reality gives us now the opportunity to not role play because let's face it, Nick, most people don't love it. It's awkward. It's great. It has its place. I think it's it's super important, but people don't love it. And really doing this role playing per se in a different kind of way in a headset really gives you the opportunity to practice it yourself. So you're not practicing it with someone else. You can do it over and over again. And then the other thing is that we can now, with our platform, we can actually even pull results to see how people answered questions, how long it took them to get to the right answer, what happened through the whole experience. So I think in those softer skills, we just haven't really gotten as far into using virtual reality as we can. We've definitely seen an increase and we're able to show more examples of how this could work. One example that we're doing right now is we're working with a retail store and we are creating a virtual reality experience for them for a leader to walk around the floor, observe their employees in action, and be able to give them real time feedback. And it helps the leaders without having to actually go do that. Um, They can practice so that when they do go out on the floor and do interact with their employees, maybe they're a new leader, you know, you need to talk to someone, you need to give someone feedback. And as a new leader, that is not an easy thing to do. So to, to be able to practice it in a virtual experience is really a win for everyone.
2: Yeah, it's a really clever example. So, how how complex is it then to implement? If I'm a business that's you know got an idea for let's use your example a moment ago with the role playing, I'm I'm a recruitment owner as I am, and I decide I want to implement uh, a virtual reality sort of learning solution which involves role play for the for the consultants that I'm training. What's the kind of the step by step process that you'd undertake to get that kind of training off the ground and ready?
0: Okay. Uh, Well, what we do is we work very closely with our clients. So a client will come to us and say, we're interested in implementing some sort of role-playing for giving feedback is a perfect example. Um, We all need it across all industries. They have come to us to say they'd like to do something like that. So we really do our analysis and we try to understand what our The learning objectives. So really, I think what's also important before I talk about the specific process is to think about virtual reality is another modality in training. And so we need to think about it as such. And with that, we think about what are those learning objectives? That's first and foremost. What are we trying to do just like we would with an e-learning course? Okay, so once we understand what it is, so let's just say we want to teach a specific feedback model. We work with our client to understand what that looks like for them, what their environment is like, the types of maybe gaps that they've had in the past. And then our instructional designers jump in and they will actually write scenarios. So it's almost like writing a script. It is, in fact, writing a script. And then we share it with the client We go back and forth to make sure that for their specific industry, for their specific organization, that we are using the right language, the right words. And once we get to a script that's agreed upon by everyone, then our virtual reality team developers jump in with modeling what that environment would look like and developing the actual application. And so it's a similar process, but using different software.
2: Sure. It's, I, I think it's uh, fascinating and, and super exciting for the future of work. I can see so many benefits of this kind of a learning solution for, for clients. But obviously, that's one of many different solutions that, that you provided to Avante. We've all talked about augmented reality and e-learning and, and virtual instructor-led training in the introduction as well. In your experience, Rose, what's, what's I guess, is the, the best way that you've seen organizations really develop learning strategies that can really drive strategic change. Is is, is there a, a process that you've seen be particularly successful in developing learning strategies that can really make a difference?
0: Well, what I have seen through the years in different organizations that I've worked at as well is that if you have your learning and development partner at the table with you as a business, as part of that discussion, when you're talking about strategy, it sounds simple, but it's really, I think, where it starts.
2: Yeah, that makes sense. What are the kind of learning strategies that you've been? You mentioned manufacturing being one. Obviously, I said you've got some great articles out there as well. What are the kind of things that your clients are coming to you for? What are the are there quite some quite common or generic kind of learning outcomes that companies are trying to achieve? And you've, as a result of those those commonality in, in issues, you've been able to come up with a strong number of, I guess, generic type solutions to those problems, or, or is each one bespoke, or what's what's the current process?
0: Yeah, they're they're really all different, but I can give you an example where clients, you know, a lot of times in the manufacturing industry, will be looking for people to be more productive, quicker, faster, more efficient in in doing their job, and we've actually seen where there will be an initiative that's being rolled out in a in a specific area of the business. Let's just use um, Lean Six Sigma as an example. Sure. So they say, we're going to implement this and people are going to understand the methodology and we're going to 5S things and that's going to make everyone a lot quicker. And what they found out, they went through, they, they taught the methodologies, they've implemented 5S and everyone's putting everything where it's supposed to go and they talk about waste and they do all of these things, which is fantastic and absolutely for sure has its place. But what what they found was that they weren't getting the results that they were looking for. And so then, with the help of their learning partner, their l and partner, they were able to realize that that was almost like putting the cart before the horse. The employees in that particular group needed to really understand their core job responsibilities and skills that they needed to do their job responsibilities. And so there was some retraining that needed to happen for the basics and really, not until that happened were they then able to implement all of those Lean Six Sigma methodologies to be able to help them realize those efficiencies and get to productivity quicker. When you're thinking about strategies and implementing things, I think it's just really important to take a step back and really understand what you're trying to do first. And make sure that the solution that you think you're that you want to implement is really the right one, because sometimes you have to do other things first.
2: Sure, sure. And would you always recommend that a client took a blended learning sort of program approach rather than you know just using virtual reality or, you know, in your experiences, you always found that a blended learning approach. Like you mentioned there, sort of going back to feedback, trial and testing and, and adjusting has typically given the best results.
0: Yeah, we we really do. If you think about using virtual reality, it can be used in many different ways. But if you think about it as reinforcement training... Yeah, um, or assessment training, either, either one of those things, because there's the primary learning, whether it's classroom, whether it's e-learning, whether it's a combination of those things where someone can learn whatever that skill is or whatever that topic is. And then they're able to use virtual reality to actually go practice it and put it into play. So for an assessment, it really allows the learner to be able to prove their ability to use that knowledge and move it forward. So it's assessments, whether it be a quiz or a test at the end of something, absolutely, again, has its place. But when it's a a specific skill that you're teaching someone, how great is it to be able to use virtual reality to be able to really test their ability to put it into play? So so we find that standalone virtual reality or standalone anything has its place, but my personal opinion is, and what we have found, is that really combining virtual reality with other things is really helpful.
1: Have you ever asked yourself, how can any recruiter understand my HR recruitment challenges? Please don't give up on your hiring challenges just yet. Here at JGA HR Recruitment, we appreciate the difficulties associated with attracting, recruiting and retaining top human resources talent. We also understand just how costly a poor hire can be. JGA HR Recruitment would like to partner with you to help you overcome your hiring challenges. Contact us today on 01727 800 377 or visit jgarecruitment.com to find out more.
2: I know something that I guess has really fascinated me and it has, I guess his fascination has grown out of my first exposure to virtual reality, learning and development context sort of training, which was with, uh, as I mentioned, um, the previous podcast I had with uh, with Dr. Robin Rosenberg, which was talking about where they've used virtual reality to help people create a better understanding of things like unconscious bias or using it in diversity training, walking in someone else's shoes as as being an example of how people are perceived, how people are feeling. Is is that something that you've explored as well at Roundtable in in utilizing virtual reality to really bring diversity training to the fore and helping people understand things like unconscious bias?
0: Yes, we actually have. Um, Last year, we did a, a large project with BP, And it was all around diversity, and it was different topics within the realm of diversity. For this one, we used 360 video. So, this is where we use real actors. Yeah. You know, and it's filmed with a 360 degree camera. And I believe there were five different scenarios that we did. And that was exactly what the learning objective was. It was really like walking a mile in someone else's shoes to be able to understand how things may by accident come across. And which is exactly what, you know, unconscious bias is. You don't even realize it at the time that, that you're saying something or doing something that can be offensive to anyone. This was just a, a fantastic project where, Myself, as well as a couple of my instructional designers, worked very, very closely with BP, their whole project team, and we really understood what specifically was going on in their organization and the things that they wanted to make sure came through in the training. So it was fantastic, and it came out really great, and I think it's a good example of how it needs to be, or how we believe that it really should be a blended approach. Because what we found is we thought, well, if someone goes through this experience and it's sort of a, a powerful scenario that they just went through, what happens if you don't do anything else with it? Yeah. You know, there, there really needs to be something else. And it can be something that seems simple, but what we believe is building a manager discussion guide So that all of the people who are on your team that go through this training, you can come together with them and have your own session and say, okay, so we've all gone through this training. Let's talk about it. Have we ever been in a situation like this? What might you do? What can we do different? How can we be better? And I think when you you see something like that, you experience it, you walk in someone else's shoes, but then you talk about it more personally personally. I think that really is impactful and that's where you take the most away and you then can go do something with it.
2: Yeah. And no, I can, I, I find it absolutely, genuinely fascinating. And you're absolutely right. It's not just about delivering the training. It's um, the important part of that is, is, is having an effective way to measure how that training has been impactful and how you can sustain the impact, I guess, um, which mm-hmm. is why that blended approach is so important. So just yeah. out of interest from my perspective, how is instru- instructional design in VR or virtual reality different from instructional design in a more traditional environment?
0: It's an interesting question and it is very different and it's something that instructional designers today really need to learn how to design in virtual reality. And th- the basics are there, the fundamentals are there. Of course, you you know, you always start with what those learning objectives are what you're trying to accomplish with the training. When you think about traditional training, like e-learning, for instance, you think about how the instructional designer is able to tell you exactly where you're gonna look, in what order you're going to get the information, and in what order. And same thing with instructor-led training. The facilitator is the one who is managing the class, if something's not going right, they can pivot and do something different. So, this with virtual reality, it's different. It's almost like an instructional movie in a way where you have to really think about every single thing they're going to do. So, not only do you say, you know, turn this way, pick this up, but you have to show them in the application how they're doing that and make sure that they're able to make those moves happen. It's it's different, but same.
2: But, I mean, you also take it an, another level further. And we've talked a lot about virtual reality today, but we haven't spoken so much about augmented reality. And there'll be some, I'm sure, listening to this that won't necessarily know what augmented reality is. But uh, for me, that's another way of layering it and taking it to an even further level. Uh, I wonder if you can give any examples of some of the augmented reality kind of training that you've been delivering and how that does differ for as a distinction for those listening that perhaps aren't familiar with, with the two, to how it's different from, from virtual reality.
0: The best way to describe it um, most simply is in a virtual reality environment, nothing is real. Yeah. Everything has been created in that environment. So you go ahead and you put your headset on and everything you see has been created. In augmented reality, you take like an iPad or some other type of tablet, and you can hold it up onto a table and whatever experience you're going to go through pops up. So the augmented reality, its it places you in a time and place, but everything around you is still real. So one example that we've created is for an amusement park. And when you hover over your table, let's say, or your desk, the cash register that they have pops up. Nice. And it's, it's an exact replication of their cash register. And you're able to then have a conversation with a customer who's standing in front of you who wants to buy two waters, let's say. You press those buttons with the touchpad of your tablet. You're able to make those decisions And you're able to interact with the the customer that's in front of you. You're also able to stack things and move things onto a shelf. So I'd say the real difference is that virtual reality, every single thing has been created in this virtual environment, the walls, the desk, the people. But with augmented reality, it's a little bit different that way.
2: Yeah, no, that's a really, really good way of describing it. I think, um, funnily enough, and it's linked to my next question, I was first introduced to augmented reality through my eight-year-old son, or I think he was seven at the time, uh, Mm -hmm. through the app of Pokemon Go, which, of course, is an app which you can lift up with your phone anywhere you are. It picks up the surroundings through the camera lens, but little Pokemons will pick up in your or pop up rather, in your surroundings and you have to try and mm-hmm. catch them with your Pokeball. And I was like, wow, this is this is incredible. And I think you know, having a six, seven, eight-year-old son that's sort of teaching me what the world is now doing and some of the tech that's out there now, which is just phenomenal. Mm-hmm. I think, though, the opportunities to really use that kind of technology in a learning context are, are unrivaled, really. They're absolutely fantastic to be able to lay a real-life environments with reality things that you can put in there to create a learning outcome. It must be a hugely exciting space to be in at the moment.
0: It is. It's really exciting. If you're in learning and development, you love it. You care about how people are learning and making sure that people get what they need. And this has just added a whole new element for our industry. And the excitement that we see with our clients is amazing. And just the ability to really be creative in How can we make this happen? And how can we make sure that these learning objectives are being met and that it's engaging? Also, though, the the other thing is we're able to pull results that we were never able to pull before or get before with traditional training. So we're used to knowledge checks. We're used to quizzes or tests or assessment at the end of something. Now we're able to see How someone turned, how someone moved, how long it took someone to complete something, how many times they needed to do it before they got it right. And the really cool thing is not only for the learner, because they can continue to practice that way, which is fantastic, but also for the managers or their coach. They can go in and they can see the results and they can use that as a coaching conversation to say, oh, it looks like you were struggling with this. Let's talk about it. Do you need some additional help here? Do we need to have you shadow someone? It's a different way to get to really proficiency.
2: Yeah, yeah. I think the other thing for me that really stands out is it's engaging for you know, the Gen Zs coming into the workplace. If, yes. my eight, if my eight-year-old son is using it, you know, this is clearly going to be, the technology that engages in the future and i think there's no doubt that some training sessions within any business if it's done in an old school way in the way that we're used to it being delivered you know, maybe, and i don't necessarily mean to say this isn't effective but let's say it's a classroom yeah. session that's that's very traditional and it's in its uh, delivery sometimes mm-hmm. it's met with a big sort of sigh from the individuals yeah. involved in that session but suddenly if you make it you know, innovative, you bring in things like augmented reality into that situation. Actually, it can be really engaging, particularly for, you know, the Gen Zs that are coming into the world and, you know, other individuals as well. But I think it's really exciting because one of the most important things to successful learning outcome is getting that initial engagement and getting people mm-hmm. bought into it in the first place. And I think that's where, for me, it's it's super super exciting. I'd love to know, Rose, because you're right at that, you know, the cold face of this, the cutting edge of innovative tech. What do you see as being the, the learning and development trends that you think are going to be, A, continuing, and B, perhaps we're going to see an awful lot more of in the not too distant future?
0: Mm-hmm. So one of the things is absolutely all of the things that we just talked about. So yeah. I think virtual reality is, is here to stay And it's just going to keep getting better and better. And I think it's just going to continue to be used in all different industries. So that's first and foremost, without a doubt, that's happening. And I cannot imagine that stopping. I think that's just going to continue. I also think that micro learnings, which certainly is not a new term, but it's just little short snippets of training. I think those are going to stay around and probably even become more important When we think about the ability for a learner to take five or 10 minutes or less to learn a specific topic, say in between meetings, even if we're talking about, you know, maybe people who are in the office setting, they can take a quick five minutes and they can learn quickly about a topic. But this also allows organizations to do is to build a micro learning library which will allow learners to be able to pick their learning path. Everyone likes to be able to be in control of what they're learning and how they're learning. And I think that's one area where I I really think we'll stay around. And then the other one is I think we've seen recently more of a trend of organizations being comfortable with creating some custom content like we can do for them, but pairing that with maybe some curated content as well. So like maybe something that was built off the shelf. So a good example, in my opinion, would be where maybe a company would come to or would would already have some off-the-shelf learning, which teaches the basics. So if we say coaching, feedback, delegation, any of those types of things. So a learner can then get the basics, understand what maybe that Feedback model is that that is important that's used at their organization. And then that organization can create something, maybe in virtual reality, that is very specific to their business. And it allows the learner then to practice it they already knew the basics. They already learned the basics, but then they can get, they can really come and make it real personal and very specific to their organization. So I think those are some things that we've seen a lot and I think are absolutely going to stay around.
2: Ah, super, super exciting. i got my last question then, Rose, really. And it's, I guess it's a bit of a, a two-part question because I'm thinking about it as we go. and I'm trying to sort of create this question in my head before we open the uh, the and Vault. But the question is this, I guess. Um, We've got Generation Alpha coming up behind Generation Z, which are Generation Alphas. So for those not familiar, are going to be around about 12 years old now. So we're sort of five, six, seven years away from entering the workplace. So I'm assuming that that must be a really exciting generation coming through um, into the employee workspace for you because these technologies are going to be right front and centre and, and very familiar with those individuals. So I guess my first part of the question is, how excited are you by the ability for that kind of technology to be much more easily adopted Then perhaps it is now, which links to the second part of the question, is have there been any barriers to being able to, I use the word sell because I can't think of a better word at the moment, to try and get this training into the workplace because perhaps people don't fully understand it yet. And has that been a barrier to entry for you as a business? So the
0: first part, it's very exciting. And I do think that this type of training and technology is just going to continue to get better and better as the years go on. So that by the time that group is ready, it's going to be probably so different than it even is today. And it's an exciting time and we're using it a lot now in training. And as far as barriers, I wouldn't even say barriers as much as really educating clients on it. I think if you don't know you you know, you don't know what you don't know. So you may assume, you know, you may assume that it's just far too expensive for your organization to even dabble into virtual reality. So we have spent a lot of time over the last couple of years as this technology continues to be part of the training world is really educating our clients on not only cost, but what can they get out of it? What are the, what are the results that they can get? How can it help them drive what they're driving towards in their business. But barriers is just logistics a little bit. So it's ensuring that they're using the right kind of headset for their organization. Do they need to get head, actual headsets? Can they use cardboard headsets? Can it be done on their PCs? Educating them on the different types of virtual reality too. So does it make more sense to do 360 video? Should we do full VR? Um, Should we try augmented? So a lot of it is really educating people so that they understand what their options are and what would be best for them.
2: Well, I think that's a brilliant way to round off the, uh, the the main part of the show, really, because this podcast is all about bringing uh, technologies and innovations and solutions and, and, and leadership principles to the audience that perhaps they're not so familiar with. And I, if we've been able today to, I guess, influence or motivate or inspire somebody today to go, you know what, maybe this is perfect for our business, and perhaps they hadn't considered it before, and it results in a, a meaningful output, whether that's in relation to diversity training, health and safety, or whatever it might be. And I think that's a fantastic output for the show. So thank you so much for, for sharing that uh, all of that information, really, about learning and development in, in your world, Rose, and, and the future of, of, of training. It's been absolutely uh, insightful and fantastic. We're going to open the uh, the HR&D Vault, which are four short, sharp questions for you.
1: Opening the L&D Vault.
2: First question is this. In hindsight, what is the one thing you now know that you'd wish you'd known when you began your career in learning and development? Oh, wow. That's a great one, Nick. I would say
0: the importance of being part of the business instead of just maybe not digging in, not digging in as deep as you can to really understand what the business is trying to get to. Be more of a consultant than just creating training.
2: Great. Perfect. If you could give one piece of advice to the world, what would it be? I would say
0: just be open to all new experiences and new ways of doing things.
2: Perfect. And if you could make one change to the world of learning and development, it could be an action or an improvement, what would that action or improvement be? Try something new. Great. Love that. And last but not least, what is the one guiding principle or behavior you've seen in every great leader? And I know you've worked with a number from 14, 500 companies and beyond uh, that you've actually worked with.
0: Lead with kindness. I know there's a lot of talk about it, but really lead with kindness and really think about people and then you get to your results.
2: Perfect. Very hard for me to disagree with with any of those things. Well, so listen, thank you ever so much for for joining me today on the HLND podcast. Of course, if people do want to find out more, and I recommend that you do, just visit the site, if nothing else, to have a little explore. It it won't be a waste of your time. There's some really, really good links on there about the future of learning. Please do go to roundtablelearning.com. Are there any other links you'd like to share on the show while I have you with me, Rose? No, I think if you take a look at, at ours, it'll take you to a
0: whole bunch of different places.
2: Fantastic. And I will put a couple of links in there as well to some of the articles that Rose Robinson has published, which are really, really fascinating. I mentioned in the introduction there. In particular, I would take a look at the diversity training, how to make it meaningful and impactful, and also very relevant at the minute, uh, of course, which is how to reboard employees after COVID-19. Of course, if you are listening uh, to this podcast and you're an HR L&D professional who needs some support with an HR or l related vacancy, please do get in touch with myself or any of my team at com. The link will also be in the show notes along with everything else we've discussed on today's show. Please do remember to share the episode with all of your HR and d colleagues, review it if you can. And it just leads me to say a huge thank you once more to Rose Robertson for joining me today on the HR and d podcast. Thank you, Rose. Thank you
1: so much. Thank you so much for tuning in to the HR L&D podcast with your host, Nick Day, CEO of JGA Recruitment Specialist, HR Recruiters. If you need any help with the current HR or L&D vacancy, then please get in touch with Nick and his team. All contact details can be found in the episode notes. In the meantime, to make sure you never miss a future episode, please subscribe to the show through any of your favorite podcast channels. Till next time.